This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Well, we continue our focus on the state of the economy and the specifically what it means for investors at the moment. Pleasure to be joined by Richard Marston, who is a professor emeritus of finance at the Wharton School. Uh, Richard will be leading a private wealth management program as part of uh, Wharton Executive Education coming up next spring. Uh, Richard, great to have you with us. Thanks for a few moments. Thanks a lot, Dan. Glad to be here. Thank you. And so let me get your kind of larger view uh, thoughts on, on where we are with the state of the economy and really how in, investing is being impacted uh, by this as well. Well, let me start by talking about the economy. It's, it's, it's really amazing what's happened to the economy coming out of the pandemic. Uh, we had a lot of fiscal stimulus, and uh, we really recovered um, uh, the uh, momentum in the economy much faster than in a typical recession. It was quite amazing. And a lot of it was due to the fact that we had this huge fiscal stimulus. Uh, the total, if you if you add up the uh, uh, the stimulus in in March uh, when the pandemic first hit uh, under Trump, and then the stimulus uh, after the election in December of uh, 2020, and then the additional stimulus in the spring after President Biden took office, uh, we're, we're talking about five trillion dollars plus in spending. Um, and that jump-started the economy, led to a tremendous revival of employment. Um, but it also led to the current problems, uh, which is uh, much too much inflation. Um, this inflation is just too high for comfort. Um, and it may be more persistent than we first thought. Um, now, the overall CPI, as you, as you probably know from headlines, uh, if we look in June, it's year over year. It was 9.1%. But what bothers me more is the core inflation because, you know, inflation consists of a lot of volatile items such as energy and food prices. But what we really care about is core inflation because it persists for so much longer. And, and that came in at 5.9% year over year in June. That's very disturbing. And, and behind that, um, and perhaps as a result of this core inflation, we're starting to see wages and salaries increase quite substantially. Now, that's great news, of course, for the for the employee, but it's bad news for the economy in terms of of uh, maybe this inflation will be more persistent one than than we originally thought. Wages and salary increased by 5.3 percent year over year in June. Uh, mm -hmm. For that reason, I don't think the Fed's going to stop anytime soon. Uh, the futures market tells us right now that the Fed is going to raise interest rates to 3.5% by year's end. Um, after that, a lot depends upon what happens on the one hand to inflation, uh, whether or not it is indeed persistent, but also it depends on how much the economy slows down. How much do you also need to factor in the global events that have uh, factored in over the last uh, several months as well, thinking about Ukraine, China, and others? Well, of course, Ukraine in, in, uh, in particular has had two effects. First of all, it slowed down the European economy tremendously. Um, they may be entering recession, at least individual countries. But it also um, uh, created more problems in terms of supply uh, and the effects on inflation. So it, 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 was, 
it was an additional crisis that um, economically just added more misery to the to the inflation picture. In, in your opinion, are we then in recession now, or are we close to it? I don't think we're currently in recession. You know, uh, we have this rule that's often cited in the press that if we have two two quarters in a row of uh, negative GDP growth, that we're in a recession. Well, first of all, um, there's much more to a recession than just GDP growth. There's employment, uh, there's spending. Uh, in fact, the NDR Business Cycle Committee, which is the uh, unofficial arbiter of recessions in, the, in this country, is very careful to look at a whole bunch of different act, um, indicators. And uh, certainly um, at this point, most economists don't think that we're in recession. Having said that, um, the risk of recession in the next 12 months is is definitely real. Um, the Fed is, by cutting back um, on money supply growth, raising the Fed funds rate so sharply, is giving a jolt to the economy. And there's just no question that this is going to have an effect on, on growth going forward. Um, and a lot of us think that the uh, risk of recession over the next 12 months is more than 50% at this point. Um, the housing sector in particular is already in risk. Um, right. Housing is, of course, very sensitive to interest rates, and the uh, mortgage rates have increased even before the Fed um, raised interest rates to their current level. Uh, business investment is also down. Uh, CEOs are starting to be more cautious in terms of investment and in terms of spending. And that's bad news for the economy. You talked about the Fed being aggressive. I guess the question is, how aggressive will they be? And I guess to a level that will continue to depend on uh, the levels of inflation we get from uh, from uh, the different reports over the next couple of months. Yes, it'll depend upon inflation and how quickly it is corralled. It will also very much depend upon the state of employment in the economy. Um, if the, we reach a point, and we will probably in the next six months, uh, where the Fed has to look at two different indicators, um, there's going to be a real question of which one is more important to them. If the economy starts to slow down, but inflation remains persistent, uh, we're going to face the kind of situation uh, where we're really going to have to ask the Fed to make some tough decisions. Um, in the 1970s, these tough decisions were not made. Uh, the Fed messed up its mandate under Chairman Arthur Burns um, repeatedly during the 1970s. And the result was, as you know, prolonged inflation. People my age yeah. remember those that period as being a very distressful period. Uh, not only in terms of the economy, but in terms of investment. Portfolios did extremely badly during the 1970s. Um, now, Chairman Powell is said to be a great admirer of Paul Volcker. Paul Volcker is, of course, the hero who managed to corral inflation in the United States when he became Fed chair in 1979. Uh, what a terrific yeah. job he did over the next few years. But let's Remember what that job consisted of. He slammed on the monetary brakes and caused interest rates to soar even further than they had risen 
during the initial stages of inflation. He caused what was at the time the worst recession since the Second World War. As a result, he was a very unpopular figure for a while. Um, I think he was a hero because as a result of his efforts, he brought inflation from the double digit down to 3% within a short period of time. That laid the groundwork for the next 40 years of wonderful markets, both bond markets and equity markets in the United States. So in a sense, he's the real economic hero of the post-war period. The question is whether or not the Fed, with its current makeup, will follow this kind of policy if it's needed. Hopefully it won't be needed, but there will be tough decisions ahead when we reach the point where, if it's the case, where inflation is still persistent, but the economy is substantially weakening. That may occur early next year. In fact, if you look at the Fed futures market, there's a suggestion that interest rates will start to come down next year. The only way they're going to start to come down that quickly is if the Fed realizes that there is a recession and uh, changes its policy. I'm hoping that they will persist and follow an anti-inflation policy in that case. Richard, let's take the last couple of minutes and talk about the uh, the private wealth program that I mentioned at the top, which will be coming up in the spring uh, of next year. Tell us about the program and, and really what you focus on in it. Well, uh, the program is going to run again next spring, uh, first week of May. Uh, it's been running since 1999. I think we've had about 25 different programs, um, and it's been very successful. Uh, what it does is gives family members of substantial wealth, uh, a solid background in investments so they can oversee the family's wealth. Um, Over 1,400 family members have been through the program. We spend a week together learning a lot about investments. Some family members enter the program with very little prior experience with investments. They might have been terrific entrepreneurs, but they've sold their company, and now they need to learn how to run their portfolio. Other other participants are second and third and fourth generation wealth um, uh, owners of wealth who need to learn how to help to manage their families' portfolios. They spend a week with us. Um, They learn a lot about different types of investments. They learn a lot from one another because they work together on a case study where they study what a family like theirs does once they have sold a company. Um, It's been a terrific uh, program. Um, It was started uh, back in 1999 by Charlotte Beyer, who is uh, the founder of the Institute for Private Investors, and uh, myself. We were the first directors of the program. And it's been a terrific experience through the years. Faculty members love to teach in the program. And uh, from, from the success of the program, participants love to spend a week learning uh, in depth about investment. Well, Richard, thank you very much for your time. Greatly appreciate your your thoughts on the state of the economy, and we look forward to your uh, program coming up uh, next spring. Thank you for your time. Dan, thanks a lot for the chance to be with you today. Thank you. And for those uh, people that would like to look into the program, you go to the uh, Wharton Executive Education website, and you do the search for Private Wealth Management, and you will have more information on that. And as Richard mentioned, that'll be April 30th to May 6th 
2023, but you'll want to sign up now if you have interest in being a to keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.